Hey everyone, welcome back to the Jamie Star Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode. So my guest today is an entertainment news journalist who works for Us Weekly and In Touch magazine. My guest today is Lindsay Hoffman. What made you fall in love with journalism? So it's actually like a interesting story. So when I was seven years old, I was watching TRL, Say What Karaoke, and I was like, I could do that. Like I was watching Carson Daly. I was like, I could do that. And then I thought, well, I could never do that because you have to have an agent. You have to be lucky. So I put that in the back of my head. I was like, no one would ever pick me to to do that. I didn't even know that's what journalism was. Mm -hmm. Um, And I actually originally went to college for interior design Mm -hmm. and halfway through that, um, not even halfway through at the beginning, I realized I really liked presenting things to the class. I always liked being on stage and I, So I went to the advisor and I said, I want to change majors. I love design, but I like that for fun, not for a job. And I was like, maybe I should just go to like communications and do advertising. And they were like, no, like that's the easiest major at our school and you have a higher GPA. What about journalism? And they said that. And I was like, I did when I was seven years old want to host TRL but I just thought like I didn't know you could get a degree in journalism I just didn't know that was like part of it and I was like I should do that like why why am I telling myself I can't do something yeah yeah I'm just gonna switch majors and see what happens so I switched my major and it just from there was just perfect because I've always been the type of person who wanted to figure things out Mm -hmm. you know not just the fun aspect of it that I saw on TRL but like even looking back, I did the morning announcements in high school for fun. Same. And I loved, I love writing reports, like at school, like a biography, I would go all out. And so when I had a journalism school, I was like, why did I not put the pieces fully together? Like they were all there. And so I just love figure things out, getting to know people and mm-hmm. sharing someone's story. It's really what's just makes me feel most passionate about it. Oh, I totally agree with you. That's like the same reasons why I love it too. Have you specifically always loved entertainment journalism? Yeah. Well, I like everything. Um, As a journalist, like, I'm the type of person, if there's, like, a fire engine in the neighborhood, I'm like, I want to follow it and see what happens. Mm -hmm. So I'm always just naturally someone to follow a story. But entertainment, um, I also like motivational stuff. I have a motivational blog. Mm -hmm. Uh, But those sectors of it have always been my most passions because I feel like it's a little bit more lighthearted and fun um you know versus the hard news where it's very very heavy of course as a journalist I'm always following a story but for me I I liked the idea that it could be a little more pop culture-y and and fun same I totally agree what's the most report or rewarding where I'm used to talk about reporting I almost said reporting instead of rewarding what what do you say is the most rewarding part about your job for me, the most reporting, I'm reporting, I said the same thing. <laughs> For me, the most rewarding part is when someone's comfortable to tell a story to me. Because for me, it's not just about getting the story. It's really about the human experience between talking with somebody else and really making them feel comfortable. Everyone has a story to share. And so that moment when I see a person feel comfortable, like there's like a switch when they just become themselves and you know that mm-hmm. they trust you. Yeah. Makes me feel so good because people really do want to talk they do want to share their stories good or bad but they you know we all feel that way but for some reason we feel like we can't open up so 
when I see that moment that someone can open up and really be their authentic self, that's just like the best part. And then also knowing that I can share that with the world. Yeah. Like, hey, like you can hear it. Yeah. And I can totally relate to you on that switch because I've done over a hundred interviews for this podcast and there are certain people who it's very easy to turn their switch on and they try and they seem like they trust me and things like that. And there's some who just, it takes, it's like their switch is super glued. Yeah. Especially that I work in celebrity journalism. They don't, you know, they don't want to trust you or doing gossip. No one wants to share. I mean, they do, but you know, you really have to get comfortable with people to do that. So when Mm -hmm. you're talking to celebrity and you see that switch, and even if it's on the red carpet, sometimes they just switch and you can, they can feel that frequency. Mm-hmm. It just makes me really happy knowing that I made this person feel this energy and it was in turn kind of being reflected to me and we both are kind of feeling this vibe. Sometime, one time I interviewed someone and they were like, I just felt chills. Like, did you feel that? And yeah. Think about someone who had passed away or I asked them a question and they started thinking about it and they started feeling like the love for that person. And it makes me happy when someone can really like, feel that way because that's when they're really flowing and talking yeah has it ever happened to you when you ask like someone a question during an interview and they look at you and they're like whoa like how'd you come up with this question um yeah stuff like that has happened to me before I'm trying to think what they said um they were just like oh no one's asked me that before Mm -hmm. things like that and so that makes me happy where they're like oh I really have to think because they get interviewed so much so really having something that makes someone think that they haven't been asked Mm -hmm. really it makes me feel good and it feels like I I think they like that as well yeah like I remember I did an interview like six months ago with somebody and I asked a question that they've never been asked before in their 20 plus years of of a career in musical theater and she looked at me and she was like whoa yeah, that's like it's always the best it, feeling. It's like you're doing a happy dance, like an interior happy dance. Yeah, and you're just making people think outside of what they normally, you know, they're, people usually are prepared what they're going to say to mm-hmm. some degree. So yeah. Think what are some challenges that future journalists, me, like me, should keep a lookout for? I think there's a couple things to keep a lookout for. The number one thing is something actually my PR teacher, I had to take PR in college, told me, and this is something I've kept with me forever, but she actually said, never attach yourself to a career, never identify um, with it, never identify with anything outside of yourself. Um, and I'll share kind of the story that she said with me, and I I think this like holds true for, for anything, is um, she's she worked in PR for like a really big, I won't give away all the details, but um, a really big sports team in Arizona. And at the time she saw her boss having an affair, just like walking by and like, Damn. and she freaked out and she really liked her job. She dedicated her whole life to the, to a job. And everybody does that. You know, mm-hmm. I still kind of identify with these things. It's, it's always going to be like a degree. Mm-hmm. And but for her, she was like, I work 24 seven. Like I'm not dating people. I'm not like my job is like me. Yeah. So she saw that and she was like, oh my God, what do I do? So she just pretended like she didn't say, see anything. She wasn't going to say anything, but the boss knew she saw that. So slowly he started like demoting her until basically they like fired her and they no way. And things like that to you. And so when she got fired, she said she cried for like days. Like, who am I? I identified with this job mm-hmm. and you know, I was just like in the wrong place at the wrong time. Like, mm-hmm. you know, what do I do? And she was so depressed. And then, 
you know, it really ended up that a lot of the people that she had worked with and known knew she was a good person. And so they came to her, they wanted to be her clients. And so she ended up creating her own business. Oh, wow. And eventually that guy ended up being fired for like, you know, not being a good person. Oh, yeah. And things like that. So she always just said, just don't identify with something the way that I did because things like that happen in the industry at any job that you're in. You never, you know, it's all businesses. There's a lot of people who are just going to try to eat you alive. It's not always going to be fair. Mm -hmm. And you see all the stories about things that are happening at like the Ellen show and different things like that. And that's how life is. And so I just feel like that's something they don't normally teach you in school. And she said, if you're willing to walk away, you know, just don't ever let people treat you how you shouldn't be treated and identify with who you are. And then you'll, it will always work out and you'll always be able to like reinvent yourself. Things like that happen. And you know, you have to be able to run with it. Oh, I love that. I really love that a lot. Have you always been a fan of like Us Weekly and In Touch and in Life and Style magazines? Yeah, I liked all the magazines. I liked, you know, all, I used to watch, I used to do, but E! News and everything. Same. Like, every day. I watched, I remember I'd watch The Hills and was like, I'm going to go to LA. I want to be like the people in The Hills. So I was always interested in um, celebrity news. I mean, even all the way back, my mom loves old fashioned movies. And so I love um, and TV shows. So I always like watched I Love Lucy and I would do biographies on all the people of all, old Hollywood. Like back to me, always like going in depth into like a biography of a person. Um, yeah. So I just always loved just media in general. Like, yeah. How it worked, like really understanding like what made the people who were successful tick. Yeah, I would do biographies too. I remember I did one. This is going to be crazy, but I did one on Carolyn Jones from the Adams family when I was like oh, really? seven. That's awesome. And, like, speaking of, like, old-time TV, like, nothing's more old than that show. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's an old show. It's fun to do, like, the old things because you really look back at it. Yeah. Or, like, Florence Henderson. hmm Love her. Yeah, me too. What have been some of the highlights of your career in working with these magazines? Have you had, like, a certain celebrity moment that stood out or anything like that? For me, the highlights are definitely being able to go to the award shows. That's mm-hmm. when you're like, wow, my dream has really come true. I'm at the Oscars or I'm at the Grammys red carpet or the Emmys and you get to just be there yeah. and be at the parties and you're like, you know, people are watching. Like I would be sitting watching this on TV and I, when I was younger being like, I don't know why I feel like I'm supposed to be here. I don't know why I thought that. Like some people are okay just watching. Yeah. I think, I don't know. I've never had that feeling. I'm not okay. Like being in the audience and I never was, and I never knew really why I felt that way. And yeah. So when I was there, I was like, this must have been why I felt that way, because for whatever reason, I was meant to, to be there, not just for the fun glam reasons, which are fun, but it really just felt like this is where I belong. Oh, yeah, for sure. What was the inspiration behind Mashup LA? So the influencer, I was like, oh, you know about the events and everything I do, too. So I was full time working for all these magazines and I went to go freelance. And my plan was never to stay freelance. My plan was to maybe go into TV or go to a different outlet. And, but what happened after I left is, so before I even moved to LA in school, I had to make a documentary on YouTube stars. I'm not even sure. I had to just make a documentary for like a school project. So I decided to make it on YouTube stars. And this was like 2011. And I was thinking YouTube's like in social media is where it's going next. And I want to, I want to meet all these people because if I know them before it gets big, I'll have like an in in like a new industry. Mm-hmm. And I, so I want to make a documentary on that. 
so and now they have all like these documentaries on it like mm-hmm. and shows like now there's like the D'Amelio show and all this stuff and I was yeah like, mm-hmm. so I made a documentary on YouTubers and it was before I even lived in LA and they introduced me to everyone in the industry like all the YouTubers all of the industry people as well so they became my first friends in LA oh, wow. so when I left to go freelance I started do you know what, like VidCon is like the YouTube convention mm-hmm. so I went to VidCon um for my documentary and just like I was like I'm gonna this before I had my job I was like I'm gonna interview YouTubers and I'm gonna put it on my YouTube channel and we'll get views and like I don't know who's gonna hire me but I'll just build it for myself and then oh, it will wow. eventually work out and so when I met all the YouTubers there they became my friends in LA and I luckily got the job at the magazine at the same time so I didn't need to do like all of the YouTube um stuff although I have my channel I didn't have to like take mm-hmm. it all the way in that direction um, but what I would see with them at the time is that no one was working, like now they're working with them in celebrities, but nobody mm-hmm. was doing, like treating them the way celebrities were being treated. And mm-hmm. they had, I knew my friends had more followers than most of the celebrities. Yeah. Like, they would post a video and get like 50 million views. And I was like, no one's doing this for anyone. So it started with me just like being like, let's just throw like an after party at VidCon. Cause there was just like no like super Hollywood type ones. Mm-hmm. So, like, they all teamed up with me and we threw a party. And I didn't really make any money off of it. We just, like, broke even just to see what would happen. Yeah. And literally, just, like, everyone showed up. And oh, wow. it was crazy. And so then they were just, like, do it again. So then I did another one. And everyone's like, do it again. And so I was like, okay. And so the VidCon party was really big. And it cost a lot of money to put on. So mm-hmm. I was like, I need to do something. I want to do that one. But I want to do something that's, like, a little bit lower. Yeah. So I can get, like more of my name out there it's really hard to get people to give you like a ton of money we were able to do it but if I can like make it a little smaller a little less work and build Mm -hmm. up my name so actually what happened is as I was thinking like well what do I do next do I want to like you know work full-time for a magazine do I want I do I want to do a smaller event I actually met my next door neighbor and it turned out she worked in I didn't even know her all these years she worked in PR um with all like the jewelry and like really cool stuff for the red carpet Mm -hmm. um we saw each other doing yoga she was like what do you do I always wondered and I was like me too so I told her what I did and we were like let's team up on an event and that's kind of where mashup LA that's awesome and so what mashup LA is is just uh, a smaller version of our VidCon event, but it's just a way for influencers and brands to connect with each other and influencers as well to organically connect with each other and bring back the vibe. You know, today influencers are like celebrities, but uh-huh. when I first went to VidCon, sure, some of them had bodyguards, but it was completely different vibe, a lot mm-hmm. more collaborative, a lot more, you know, it wasn't like, how many, hi, how many followers do you have? Like the new generations kind of like that. It wasn't like that back then. It was totally different. And so we bring that vibe back and we have all the OG people come and we have all the new people come. And because we have that vibe, it brings back that feeling of the original. Yeah. That everyone says that even like the new age people, they're like, wow, it's like, you know, Mm -hmm. not again, it's kind of back to my journalism thing. I want people to come and be like their authentic self and let their guards down and really yeah what's going to make them be successful one of my old camp counselors who happens to be a successful youtuber i'm pretty sure she goes i don't does she still go to vidcon i believe i think canceled it like the last two years so no one's well but before that do you know who the scories are i do i actually know them i met them not at vidcon but at a different convention so gabriella was my camp counselor she's originally from she's originally from michigan or they're originally from michigan where i live and the and Gabriella like you know summer job as a seventeen year old was a 
was a camp counselor where I went to camp. She was my counselor. And just make the long story short, now she's a huge, successful YouTuber. That's so cool. She's so nice. That's so funny that you know her, too. Although you did say there were people, like, on social media that, like, we both, like, follow. So mm-hmm. everyone somehow knows everyone. And I'm from Chicago, so. Yeah. Not too not too far. Yeah. So I saw that Mashup LA is pretty much based off, you do a lot of work in terms of collaborations with other people, which is something I personally love, like working and bouncing ideas off of each other. It's like the adrenaline, you know, the blood boils and you get all excited. So I was wondering what you, do you love most about collaborating with other people? My favorite thing is, I mean, it's the same thing kind of as all the other things is just seeing people do what they do best. Um, really meeting a person and instead of like, you know, I know what I want out of things, but asking people like, what is your goal? What do you want out of this? And then seeing how I can make that happen. And then, you know, in return, a lot of people will say, well, what do you want to? And then we kind of team up Mm -hmm. and achieve our goals together. And I think a lot of people in the industry, as I was saying, they think they need to take people down or this and that. And maybe that tactic works, but no one's not really as strong. It's kind of like, I always say, like Star Wars, like, are you going to use the dark side or the force? Uh-huh. Like, anyone can use the dark side. Yeah. It's not good for you. It's going to, like, kill you. Yeah. And the force is harder to master, but it's it's powerful. And I just think when people feel like they can achieve their goals and really be themselves, they're more willing to be helpful. So just seeing everybody come together to all help each other, it, that's my favorite part about collaborating with people. Oh, totally. What has Mashup LA taught you? Like, have you That's done any- one of the things that taught me. It also taught me to be more confident in myself because mm-hmm. I started, um, I really have a business called LBH Media. It's an LLC. And I started that when I started doing the events. I was like, I need an LLC. I, I created a business backwards. And before that, I even though I was working at the magazine, I wasn't necessarily as confident as I could be, mm-hmm. um, which is normal because I had just like graduated college. I'm like, am I doing this right? Like I'm in LA, yeah. like entertainment world, what's happening? And I would kind of look to others like, oh, am I doing this right? Like we all, we all do that. And so when I had to create my own business, I had to just go and be like, I'm the boss. Like, even though I didn't know what I was doing at first, I literally like stole a deck. I got someone to get me a deck for Coachella. I didn't know what a deck was, which is like how you pitch for money. Mm -hmm. And I just had to kind of fake it until I made it and try to figure it out. And then I realized, you know, at the time I was 24 and I had CEOs of companies talking to me like I was a CEO and I didn't didn't even have like your email my you you emailed me with my gmail which i'll have to give you my new email i now have like i created finally a professional email like last week Mm -hmm. Uh, but nobody even cared like they just treated me like i was like a boss of a company and i would be talking directly to the bosses and so it taught me that people really will trust your judgment um, you know, as bad as the negative things can happen in the industry, people, if you can deliver, people will treat you as an equal and give you mm-hmm. the ability to do whatever it is you want. And that's really what I realized is like, I can, I can wake up one day and say, I want to make this much money and figure it out and mm-hmm. go straight to the top and it can happen. So it taught me to do that and just to be confident in me. So now I'm like, I did all this. Yeah. No one even questioned it. Everyone yeah. Was, okay. Yeah. Just believe in yourself. Totally. How do you balance Mashup LA and your stuff with the magazines? Um, it's actually pretty easy to balance now that I'm freelance. Um, I mean, I, especially with the pandemic, because the magazine work, it's a little bit not as much because I'm mostly covering events mm-hmm. and events are all shut down. So, uh, but pre-pandemic, I was usually covering about like two events a week. And then yeah. my events, you know, I would do probably like two events 
like a year so but the events would take about seven months so i'd be kind of working on the projects like each mm-hmm. every seven months be like working on one and then in between be covering around two events a week plus i have my sources so it's kind yeah. of as much as i want it to be yeah i can help people and pitch it so really everything i do is up to me so i can be as busy as i want to be oh or yeah not. so you know and that's something that i always have to think about is you know how much time and energy do i want to put into things the more you put in the more you get so that's mm-hmm. kind of I, I'm glad that I'm able to have the luxury at this point of, like, that kind of um, flexibility. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's, like, the best when you're, you're like, your own you're, – well, you're not necessarily your own boss, but, like, the magazines, but, like, you're your own yeah. boss and when when you work on what when. Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, usually the magazine things are more on call. It'll be, like, the day before. Like, hey, can you – Hey, can you write a story on it? Yeah. Or sometimes out of the blue, a source will call me at like two o'clock in the morning with like a huge story and they're like upset and having a bad day and I'll be up till like 3 a.m. and I just, you know, we'll just submit it because you never know when something like yeah. something's going to happen. But I think the best part about it is really none of it feels like a job to me because it's just talking to people. Like all of it's just talking to people. Yeah. An event, you meet the brands, you talk to them. Like doing a story, you're interviewing people. You're literally just talking like friends to mm-hmm. people. So to me, yeah. it's just like... Maybe I'm working 24 hours a day, but in my mind, I'm like, oh, it's just yeah, it's, it's fun. Yeah. Have you ever had a fangirl moment? Um, let me think. Yeah, there was like two times for over the weirdest people. Who? Like, the first time I saw, this is so funny because I've met so many people. I saw the host of Iron Chef, and I really like Iron Chef. And you always are going to see people on, like, you always know if you're on a red carpet, you're going to see, like, the typical people. Yeah. You would never think you're going to see the host of Iron Chef. So I was like, oh, my God, it's the Iron Chef guy. And I, like, got all nervous and, like, freaked out. And I was like, why? I've, like, met George Clooney, which, you know, I was like, oh, my God, it's George Clooney also. Right. But I was, like, yeah. more, like, fangirling over the Iron <laughs> Chef host. Um, and then also one of my celebrity crushes. That wasn't so much fangirling. I was just, like, terrified to interview him. I was like, you're Who so was crazy. it? Um, have you ever watched uh, Pretty Little Liars? Part. Yeah, I've seen it. The guy, oh, I don't know how to say his last name. His name is Brant. Brant Doherty. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how to say his last name. He's like one of my celebrity crushes. And yeah, now he's married. Now, but yeah, he's at this event. And I was like, you're so cute. And he was flirting with another girl there. I was flirting with the stars. And I was like, why are you flirting with her? Oh, was it, da- was it when he did Dancing with the Stars? Yeah. So I remember <laughs> when he did Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, he was there. And I was like, he was like flirting with the girl he was dancing with. I think they were like dating at the time. Oh. I was like, no. And that was like my notes to give back. And I was just like, no, I don't want that to be true. Yeah. Oh, Peta Murgatroyd was his partner. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've always. Yeah, you remember, you're like on top of it. I, I am a Dancing with the Stars like fanatic. <laughs> so I like remember almost every celebrity and who they were partnered with and what season. Like, I've watched the show You're since. Really it, good. I've watched the show literally, I'm not kidding you, since I was probably three. Like, wow, when it started. I started watching it in preschool, and now being 20 years old, and it's, it's like, one of the only shows that has been on my, pretty much my entire life on TV. That's so cool. That's, you, like, yeah, so I guess if you're really watching it, for me, like, yeah, I was just, like, I'm not even as on top of it, so you're good. <laughs> yeah. It is, a, it, I still, I still love it. <laughs> I still love the show, and I may or may not have went to the tour before COVID, and I may or may not have cried when the, all the pros came out. Oh my god, that's amazing. With me and my best friend, because we both are diehard fans of the show, so we, like, s- cried. 
Oh my gosh, that's amazing. It was like, you know, like teenagers at a One Direction concert, but it was... Yeah, with Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> it was a bunch of Dancing with the Stars pros. And a bunch of like people in their 70s were looking at us like we were crazy, but... Yeah. Well, they probably love that though, because I think they're, I feel like they're trying to get a younger, that's like a sidetrack, like a younger, younger demographic, because now they're putting in like influencers and things like that. So I think they're like trying to get the next generation. Uh-huh, for sure. What is a talent you wish you knew how to do? there is a science to it and there's talent behind it yeah i wish i had the patience to just like build like i just want to be able to build whatever i want whatever i want i just want to have it like ready to go yeah it's like you wish you were like selena gomez's characters on wizards of waverly place where you just wave a wand and whatever and your thing is built or your thing is made you know what i mean yeah exactly so that's like the skill that i wish i had what cartoon character do you think represents you the most And you can, it can even be from your childhood if you want. I know. Uh, let me think. There's, I guess the first thing that comes to my mind is, like, the Rugrats. That was, like, my favorite. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm a mix of a few of, like, the Rugrats. Um, probably, I think I'd be, like, a mix of um, Tommy and, what's the other girl's name? Angelica? Not Angelica. Maybe partially Angelica, because I'm also, like, an only child. So, like, I guess, like, Tommy, Angelica, and who's, like, the nice one? Like, was it Susie? I don't remember, but I just remember Angelica and Tommy, because they're, like, popping up everywhere on merchandise at Target now. Yeah, I love that show. Um, Honestly, it's really weird that, I actually was thinking about this recently, like, I feel like I actually identified with Tommy and Susie the most, and it's weird to say, like, Tommy, because he's, like, a guy, and Mm -hmm. I was thinking about that recently, but I always think I identified that I liked he was like a leader mm-hmm. even though maybe I was also a little like Chucky because I wasn't like as brave of him I would usually be the friend being like I don't mm-hmm. think we should do this but then like there's like multiple sides to me so I identify with kind of like the leader and then I also wanted to identify with like the nice one mm-hmm. um so those were I feel like that's the cartoon character oh yeah I identified with the most they're sort of making a comeback now those uh Rugrats are they really yeah that one I was like little that was like my favorite probably one of my favorite cartoons i used to watch it but i was like four and i didn't really know what they were doing i just watched it because it was a cartoon so i just thought yeah that's true what is your favorite pair of shoes that you currently own um so i don't like they're not like a crazy like brand but i'm obsessed with this 
website called, um, I think it's pronounced Sheen. Oh, yeah, Sheen. So I, it's not, like, anything, like, crazy. It's just, I just, whatever I see there, and I'm like, this is cute. Anything, pretty much anything from that website. Actually, my shirt's from there right now. And, it, um, and, and it's cheap. What? And it's cheap. And Yeah, it's, like, everything's, like, $20, but it's, like, really good quality. So mm-hmm. it's not like I have specific, like, a specific brand of, like, a favorite pair of, like, shoes. I just, like, like how they... I guess that's my favorite brand. Now. Yeah, she. Affordable, but looks like one time I was wearing sandals from there, and they were like, "Are those?" Some people were asking me if they were like Gucci, and I was like, "No, they're like twenty dollars." <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, you don't have the patience to. So I was gonna get these pair a pair of boots off of Sheen, and then I realized that I wanted them quicker than. Uh, Sheen was going to deliver them, so I went to Forever 21 and bought them for the same price. <laughs> it was for the same price. Yeah, probably from the same place. Chances are, probably. <laughs> what is something you can do for hours on end? Uh, this is a funny, I guess kind of a funny answer, but thinking. Yeah. <laughs> I think like a lot. It's actually something I'm working on is trying to think less, but I just love thinking and figuring things out and daydreaming, so... Like, you could leave me alone all day and be like, what's Lindsay doing? And I will just be, like, thinking about figuring things out. I'm Mm -hmm. usually thinking about the mind or a goal I have or, like, a mind hack. Like, I love thinking about, like, how to be more successful or how to talk to people, like, Mm -hmm. things like that. That's usually – I literally, I mean, lately I've been thinking I need to, like, tone it down because now as I've been reading books about it and one of the tips are, you know, listen more and – you know, say less and do less. So now that I feel like I've thought about everything and understand it, now I want to do the skill to like not think. Mm-hmm. That, so that's what I'm thinking about. It's kind of like a whole circle. Yeah, it's yeah, like thinking, thinking about your own thinking. thinking. For hours, days on it. Yeah, thinking about your own thinking. It's called metacognition. Is that what it's called? Uh huh. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. So that's the next thing I'm going to be thinking about. <laughs> yes, metacognition. I did a whole when I was in middle school. We did a whole unit on it. Really? Wow. Okay, that's funny that I brought that up. I didn't yeah. Know. You learn something new every day. Yeah, I guess you're my random answer. <laughs> of course, I would say that you would know. I think about thinking all day. Yeah. What has been your favorite place you've traveled? Hawaii. Ooh. What was your favorite TV show as a kid? I mean, I think it was, well, there was a lot. I like the Rugrats. I love Lucy. Those are probably, like, my two favorites like one was like a show that was on at the time and the other one was like yeah growing up oh and you know i really liked gilligan's island actually i Ooh. love gilligan's island i've never seen gilligan's island oh my gosh yeah that was like when I, I remember like when i was two years old like watching it with my parents and i like loved it i just remember on full house when michelle tanner would say gilligan's gilligan's <laughs> yeah she'd probably talk about it too yeah for whatever reason like they had the reruns and i loved it what is a quote that you live by? Um, let, let your light shine. Ooh, I love it. Yeah. What is your go-to dish at your favorite restaurant? I have, like, a lot of favorite restaurants. It depends where I'm at. Um, like, in L.A.? I know there's, like, ten different restaurants where I have a go-to dish. I guess I'll say my most, like, exotic favorite thing. Not exotic, but something a little more interesting is there's a restaurant called Craig's in West Hollywood. I've always wanted to go it's- there. Oh, LA before but I, I didn't end up going to Craig's because my family and I decided to go to Dantana's instead <laughs> that's so cool I didn't even know people knew what Craig's was I didn't know what it was outside of here um and my favorite thing there is actually a dessert it's called chocolate pizza Ooh. and it used to be on a secret menu like it used to not even be 
get on the menu there and I just saw somebody eating it and I was like what's that and they're like that's the secret pizza like chocolate pizza on our secret menu so I was like I want that but I guess so many people ordered it it's now on the menu ah. I made it I would have to google the story behind it but some celebrity they were like because they make custom things at Craig's like if you be like hey I want this they'll like do it for you yeah and they definitely do it for celebrities and there were these two guys there I don't remember who they were but they were like a-listers and they were like name anything you want me to make and they're like make me a chocolate pizza so oh that's where came from. yeah that's actually really like, cool okay. and it's like so good if i'm ever in la again which i hope is soon sooner versus later i'm gonna have to go to craig's and get chocolate pizza yeah i get the chocolate pizza what is a fun fact that not a lot of people know about you let's see what's something that people know about me um you do ask good ones these are things i need to think about myself um okay this is kind of an interesting fact that people don't know about me Ooh. um this is probably something I would have told people when I was little but um I'm actually immune to the chicken pox so that's like an interesting Ooh, that's cool yeah so I never had it my mom never had it either and I don't eat the chicken pox shot um and one time I like in college got like rashes all over me and I'm like oh I think I finally got the chicken pox like I looked like yeah. the chicken pox I went to like the hospital and they're like I don't think this is the chicken pox and I was like well what is it and they're like we're gonna run some tests it ended up being something called valley fever which was like oh. not fun either yeah um, but I was like they tested me for the chicken pox just in case and I asked them so I was like everyone told me when I was little I'm immune to the chicken pox because I was around kids you know you mm-hmm. hear around them and yeah I would never get it and the doctor would say it was immune or they'd say you already had it or whatever. And I was like, I never had it. And so I was like, can you like explain to me my blood work? Like what it means? So he like showed me this time, like, cause he came back and he was like, this is when I was like 21. Yeah. He was like, yeah, you're immune. And this is what it means. It was oh. like, I guess like the antibodies, like, yeah, I guess like, I don't know what the numbers exactly are, but this is just kind of making it up. But it was like a typical person who had the chicken pox, their immunity would be like point one or mm-hmm. whatever antibodies and for me it was like 0.9 oh. so was like he's like your antibodies are higher than someone who's had the vaccine someone who's like had it you just have a natural immunity so nice that's something about me that nobody would know once again i've been speaking with entertainment news journalist Lindsay hoffman i will see you all on my next episode where i'm chatting with actress host and youtuber taylor cruz